there's a lot of different asks to throw on your business and a lot that you probably forget to do or like you know you get busy in a file and you're like oh i didn't ask them if anyone else in their network needs a mortgage or i didn't ask them for a google review here or i didn't ask the realtor on the other side of the deal if they wanted to meet and things like that so it just kind of when you have a target in mind you start to get creative on different ways to come up with these asks and i found it was hugely beneficial for me The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. How do you get a constant stream of referrals when you don't have a large database? That's what Brandon and I are going to talk about today. And Brandon is a fairly new mortgage broker with us at Bricks and started as a farmer and built up this successful mortgage business. And he's absolutely crushing it. And it's because he has built this habit of asking for business. And at a point he was doing 50 asks a week. You may be thinking, Scott, how on earth am I gonna ask people 50 times a week for business? Who do I ask and when? We dive into that in this episode. Brandon's gonna break that down for you. Also, at the end of this episode, I'm gonna play for you a clip from one of our coaches that I work with in Game of Phones. His name is Dustin Carlson. And Dustin is a absolute beast. He'll make, you know, 800 calls in a week. And he has some scripting around asking for business. One in particular, how to ask for business from people you're currently working with. So this is like the person who's already getting a mortgage from you. So what is the ask look like for you to get referrals? And so I have the clip from a conversation I had with him. You're going to love it. I'll play that at the end. Before we jump into this episode, my name is Scott Packford. I'm the founder of I Love Mortgage Brokering and Bricks Mortgage. And you're listening to I Love Mortgage Brokering. This podcast is made for mortgage brokers who want to up level their business. Before we jump into this episode, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo's Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform designed specifically for Canadian borrowers. It's got some cool stuff built right in. One, smart documents. It knows what documents you need based on a client's application. So that's pretty awesome. The second thing is it's connected to the Lender Spotlight, which has eight to 9,000 different lender guidelines. And they've now embedded it with AI so you can ask it natural language questions. It's phenomenal. Finally, it's got smart submission notes. So when you go to hit that button, to send it to whichever lender is the right fit. It actually will pull key data from your app. Check them out at lendescom slash Finmo and join me in this conversation with Brandon. Hey, Brandon, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Scott, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. So, hey, you've been a very productive fellow in the last six, 12 months. And I want to talk about a few of those things. So maybe tell me a little bit about yourself first, in case anybody doesn't know who you are, and then we'll jump into some stuff I want to talk about. Sure. Yeah. So I got into the mortgage business just over two years ago now. I was previously had a bunch of failed startup businesses, the last of which was a small farm. And I kind of came to the industry through desperation, needing to make some money and save my family or my role in my family. and. Yeah, it's just been going great from there. Yeah, and you've definitely done some great things. So tell me about what are some of the things that you've done in the last year that have really helped you? I know that you started a podcast and some other stuff. So maybe we'll start with that. Tell me about what was the idea for the podcast and how much work is it? Because I'm sure people listening to this are like, oh, I can start a podcast, which I think most people could benefit from it. Yeah, for sure. So we started two podcasts, actually. The first one is Commission Breath. Commission breath is for brokers and people in the commission industry. It was just an idea we had to kind of 
start sharing some ideas we had as well as use it as an incubator to get other people's feedback and just really refine things in our business as well as share what was working in a challenging market. So that was number one. We have been, I think we're about three or four months in. We do an episode every Tuesday that comes out. And then from that, we've learned to grow and love podcasting as well. So we started FI Talk which is a consumer facing podcast. And that is all about financial independence. Right. And so talking about the client facing podcast, because I know other guys do this, like Alex McFadden and some other folks have built some pretty successful. What's your kind of plan and vision? What are you hoping to achieve with it? Yeah. So plan and vision is just to show ourselves as like experts within the industry and within like the financial space. What we're doing a lot of right now is recording long form episodes where we're talking about our own journey to financial independence, sharing research study that we've done, things we've implemented that way. And then we're breaking it apart into bite-sized pieces, wood chipping it up as a content stream for our social media. So the goal there obviously is to get clients, but also to just build that brand and vision of us as experts in the industry. Right. I like the idea of wood chipping it because the thing about a long form podcast content is it can create a lot of social content. Like how long is an episode and then how much social content are you typically able to pull from one episode? Our first couple have been about 15 minutes long and we send it to some, you know, VA service that cuts out the good pieces and we're getting 20 pieces of content per month from that. So like 20 reels for Instagram and then they auto post for us. We're just collaborating for each episode. Yeah. Yeah. So each so. episode is essentially 20 pieces of content. So people are like, I don't know what a couple of content idea. If you create a podcast, you've got long form content that you can share with clients. And the great part I like about podcasting, you can answer questions you guys get all the time. And a client asks you, but you can send them the podcast. Be like, hey, recorded a show on this, check it out. And now they're going to listen to that, plus another one, plus another one. By the time you get on a phone call with them, if you haven't already talked to them, they're going to be like, wow, you really know your stuff. Exactly. So even if your audience is just, it's not like you're building a public audience. It's more of like your client audience primarily and your referral partners. That would even be worth it all on its own. 100%. And I think it's the kind of thing, just as long as you're consistent with it, and you do it week after week, then it snowballs and builds from there. Yeah, I agree. And podcasting is a long form. It's not a quick game. It's a long game. I always say like, don't start it. If you're not going to do it for 18 months, don't even start because it will take you six months to figure out what you're doing. And then at 12 months, you probably want to quit. And at 18 months, you'll be like, wow, this is really worth it. But don't start it if you're not going to go for the long term, because it's kind of like planting a vineyard. I mean, you're a farmer. I always say it's like planting a vineyard. It takes seven years from like seed to first bottle from what I've heard in our area. And yeah. You're not going to take seven years for you to make your podcast make money for you, but it will take you probably 18 months. And anything in between that first 18 months is just like, oh, cool. Awesome. But like, don't, you know, expect that. Yeah. We're like celebrating. Oh, 40 people listened on this Tuesday. That's pretty cool. So it's like small wins like that and a lot of, you know, work in between. But I think it's the kind of long tail strategy. If you look at Hormozy, he had his podcast for like, I think it was actually over seven years before he finally blew up. But right. Yeah, exactly. So, and he was also developing his skill. So part of it is, yes, you've got to be consistent, but hopefully your skill improves as well as you start to like do this consistently. If you look at Gary Vaynerchuk's first video, it wasn't all that great. They're like, it's kind of hilarious now. You can find it online. And now the guy is like a beast, right? But he got there one video at a time, one day at a time. And the same people listening to this, it's like, if you're going to do long form content, and then are you guys using the video as well? So you must be using the video and the audio, right? Yep. So we're chopping up the video for both Commission Breath and FI Talk. So 
both go to Instagram and YouTube. And then the long form goes to YouTube as well. So we use the video. Video quality is something we're focused on getting a lot better at right now. So that's kind of like over the next couple of months, we're going to be putting more into that side of things to make it visually more attractive. But yeah. um, right now we're just getting our chops in and going through things. So that's awesome. Okay. Talk to me about this ask thing that you're doing. So you had said to me before we turn the recorder about how Stevie D had challenged you to record the number of asks. So walk me through that because I think too often mortgage brokers forget to do this. And if you've been doing this, if you're listening to this, if you've been a mortgage broker for some time and a client asks permission to refer you, it's because you don't ask enough. They're like, is it okay if I send my friend to you? Yes, of course. Yeah. They don't even know you need business. And it's just because if they're not a business owner, they don't think about it. You know, if they're an employee, they're not even going to be aware of the value or importance of referrals a lot of times. So walk me through what you did there. And I'm going to get into some details on that. Yeah. So Stevie D, Steve Diamond, for those of you who don't know who we're talking about, he challenged. How can they not know Stevie D? We know Stevie D, but not everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. So he challenged me last November, roughly, to build the ask muscle, he called it. And it was just basically implementing a minimum number of asks in a day. So I really took it to heart and I figured out a lot of different ways I could implement these asks and also built a little game around it. So I kept a champagne. Uh, actually, I have it right beside me. The champagne bucket beside my desk. And every time I did an ask, I would throw a wine cork in it. And Where did all the wine corks come from? I now have a drinking problem, but you know, I got a lot of asks. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been collected over the years. Yeah. So I had a handful of them. So I would just throw them in and then I would keep a couple on my desk. It was like a visual cue of how many asks I needed to still do in that day. And it just built the habit of throwing it, get the little ping noise and then feeling good about it. So I built in so that I got the habit down pat. Now I have a sheet of paper. It just has like my weekly ask target and I just do little checks beside it. So each time I do one, got a little check mark there and just a reminder to do them. There's a lot of different asks to throw in your business and a lot that you probably forget to do or like you know, you get busy in a file and you're like, oh, I didn't ask them if anyone else in their network needs a mortgage or I didn't ask them for a Google review here or I didn't ask the realtor on the other side of the deal if they wanted to meet and things like that. So it just kind of when you have a target in mind, you start to get creative on different ways to come up with these asks. And I found it was hugely beneficial for me. So, okay, it's not like the bucket kept overflowing. You reuse the same ones, correct? Yeah, I reuse the same. Because I was like, okay, but let's say it was five in a day, you'd have your five five corks lined up and there's yeah. a visual cue of like, oh crap, okay, what am I going to do here? And then ping, ping. And then yeah. you have the haptic thing, kind of what happens with the phones. I love it. And then, you know, that book, Tiny Habits, they talk about trigger, cue, reward. And the trigger is you're going to see the cork then you're going to do the ask. And then the reward is like the ping and throwing it in and landing it in the bucket, right? So yeah. that's just brilliant. And so, okay, I, how many asks did you start with? I started with five day? a day. Yeah. And, and then, then how long did you do five a day? Probably, probably three or four months. One of my things I screwed up on the whole ask muscle thing, and we had dove into this in an episode as well, is that I didn't ramp it up as quickly as I should have. I kind of was like, if you think about going to the gym, I was lifting the bar for too long. I wasn't adding enough weight, whereas I should have put more asks on there. So now that's what I'm focused on is just ramping that up to get higher and higher. So how many asks do you go for a day now? 
So I was at 50 until I took a little break in the summer and then I'm rebuilding again now. So my goal, like I want to get to about 100 a week. 100. So you're talking not 50 a day, it's 100 a week. So that would, yeah, yeah, 50 so a week would be like 10 a day, basically. 20 a day, 20 a day, Monday to Friday. Like for 100, like would be 20 yeah, a day. Yeah. And then, okay, give me examples of asks that you use because people may be like, well, okay, how am I going to get that many asks? And I think I don't know how you're going to answer this, but you touched on this with reviews and stuff because that is a technically an ask. It's a, yep. so give different examples of where you've, been able to sneak these in to up that number. Sure. So obvious one, say you're a realtor. I call you. Hey, Scott, going on? Sure. Chit chat for a bit. Who are you working with right now that I can get pre-approved? Court goes in the bucket. File funds. So I'm asking client for a review. I'm asking realtor partner for a review. I'm asking realtor on the other side of the transaction for a meeting. I'm connecting with the lawyers, asking them for things. And so there's four or five asks right there. So they do pile up really quickly. Like, so this stack of paper is like week after week of different things. You can see weeks where like, there's like 60 asks in there cause you just get in a groove and you know, it's like anything you get your flow in and they all just come quite quick. And then you can see times where like, you know, you've had a bit of a lull and it's more painful. So you're grinding to get them. But as long as you have that minimum base and then I would set in little things, like you said, like the reward, I did more of the punishments style. So I would have the punishment in there that forced me to do them. Right. Okay. So can you talk about that? So it's like a character stick. So, you know, character's reward stick is what was the stick that you used on yourself to ensure that you were consistent at doing the asks every week? So I've done a few different ones. One I tried that made me absolutely miserable was I didn't eat until I got my five minimum done. So I did like intermittent fasting, had to get the ass out of the way in the morning, and then you could have lunch. So that one worked for a bit, but I'm a big guy. So it made me kind of miserable. And then the other so, one. Yeah, exactly. By the time you get to the last one, you're kind of like barking at people like, ah, you're give not me a good. file. Yeah. Give me a file. Like, give me a review. I'm yeah. really hungry. Yeah, exactly. It was nice before. Yeah. yeah. So I did away with that one because it's just too personally painful. Then I did, I had this mat from India. It's called the Shakti, S-H-A-K-T-I. It's like got all these spikes on it and you lie on it and it's like acupressure but it hurts like a son of a bitch if I can say that on this podcast. So if I didn't get my ass done or like I didn't do enough, I would increase the amount of time I had to lie on this mat. And that was a good motivator. You were talking about this earlier. It's basically you create a game within the game. So like you're trying to focus on, you know, the overall thing is grow my business. Okay, what's the yeah. little thing I can focus on? If I increase the number of asks will result in more business. And you've had a great year so far. Like you guys have been doing fantastic. So even in a down market, you think you're going to be above last year's numbers, even in the down market? I've already passed it by a significant chunk from last year. Yeah, so you're ahead of last year's numbers in a market that's down 35 to 40%. But most people are not doing 25 or 50 asks a week. And like that makes a difference. And so yeah, and then you create these little game within a game. Do you ever use rewards or is it just you find you like to use sticks more? Yeah, I've used rewards. So I'm very like financially frugal too. You can see I'm sitting Spartan amenities and sticky notes on the wall kind of thing. So I'm frugal in that respect too. So sometimes I found when I got to my reward time, I'd be like, oh, well, if I just add like 2 million more in production, I can get myself this reward. And I would never give myself the reward. So right. I found the punishment way generated more of a quicker result for me. 
Yeah. So the game within the game, I like to play those internally. And then I like to have like people that I'm kind of competing with. So Tom was a big one. Now we're business partners. So we're playing a game within our business. So what is the game now that you guys are playing or what is the focus? (laughs) Well, the focus is who's bringing more to the table, right? So I see because you are very competitive. Like even though you seem like a sweet guy with a big smile, it's like you are a competitor and you did Game of Phones heads up against somebody too at one point. And yeah. And yeah, I remember you that got you fired up, right? Yeah, that was against Greg Bracken. That was like the original that was probably the start of the ask thing. And yeah, the calls were just it was great. If somebody's listening to this and did you struggle with call reluctance or any of these things, or was this all just always easy for you? No, I realized like before I burned the boats and went full time, there was a period where I felt like doing the farm and the mortgage that I was like doing enough in my business. And then I had this like glaring realization that I wasn't and I had to really do a lot more. But in that realization, too, it's also like, okay, well, if I told you, Scott, you need to increase your business by $10 million, what do you need to do? You would be able to tell me three things right away that you need to do. The actual reality of the day is doing those three things is actually pretty hard and it kind of sucks. So I realized that. So that's why I built these little games, because then it forces me to do the things, or at least it's like this very present reminder of the things that need to get done so that time doesn't go by where I haven't done my calls. I haven't done my follow ups. I haven't, you know, tried to get new business and I'll always be prospecting now. Right. Yeah. Like that's what we were talking about too. Never stop prospecting. So what kind of things have you done for prospecting that's worked? So we do the asks, obviously you set a minimum bar on that. That's fairly high. Some people like they could go a month and not do 25 asks like some mortgage brokers are sort of like, well, if I do a good job, they're going to just come back to me. And yes, maybe, but they may not remember to refer a friend to you. So you do have to put those things out there. So yeah, tell me about that. So the prospecting ways. So yeah, yeah, different forms of prospecting. So I kind of call this like eating oatmeal. I do the same boring things every day that give results. So that's the ass. It's the realtor outreach. That's still a big portion of my business. So I do kind of the stagnant, not stagnant, bad word for it, but like kind of the consistent foundational activities. And then we layered on like the podcasts. We started doing some FA outreach things like that, cash flow coaching, just different things to build opportunities that way. At the end of the day, like the bulk of our business is still majority realtor referral. Yeah, I think you've mentioned that you're kind of doing the old reliable method of talk to people, ask them for business, get them on a phone call as much as possible. And then Tom is running experiments. He's like trying experimental drugs to see which one's going to work. And then if it works, cool, you'll add it. And if it doesn't, so you're able to like basically split test. Exactly. So Tom's kind of like the mad scientist with like, you know, his different Instagram strategies and different things like that. And then he comes to me, we call it the, he's the astronaut, I'm the dinosaur. So he comes to me and I'm like, don't spend the whole day building this. I'm going to just call a few people, see if they're actually interested in it. Okay. Enough people think this is a good idea. Now go build something. And then he just runs with it. So we get kind of the best of both worlds where I'm like, I'll just pick up the phone and ask you. And if it's good, we'll go. And if it's not, then we pump the brakes on it. Whereas before, both of us would take ideas and we would test them in our own businesses. But like building out that stuff and testing ideas, it takes a lot of time and pulls you away from other proven ways. So now we get the consistency on both fronts where I can consistently build, he can consistently test strategies on building more of the brand side of things and the rising tide lifts all ships. 
Right. Ships that you burnt when you left the, the farm. <laughs> they lift the new ship. <laughs> What's that? The new they ship. lift the new ship, yeah. Lift the new ship. Okay, so you said something that realtors are a big chunk of your business. So like what percent of your business would you say comes from real estate agents currently? I would say at least 90. Right. And yeah. that's even in a market like this. Yeah. And so what's some of your strategies for working with realtors in this market? Like, because it's definitely more challenging. So what things have you found to be helpful? Yeah, so I do the weekly video to realtors and a lot of my follow-up calls to them right now. Obviously, they don't have as many buyers and there's not as many ends closing in general. So you're not getting like the average file that way. What I'm getting a lot of realtors to do is to share with their client database renewals and share the value of a second opinion there. And also just kind of making it what's in it for them is that they're looking after their client for the lifetime of their experience as a homeowner, not just when it's time to buy and sell. So it's value adds for them, conversation starting points in that respect. So they're seeing value in that. And then because I've created that value for them, they're then recommending me to those clients who are out for renewal. So that's a right. lot of them. Willing to do that? Like yeah. actually reach out to your database for you? And so is it an email that you've sent them or do you give them an email and say, hey, send this to your list or what do you do? Yeah, so I've tried a few different ways of doing this. So I did a phone campaign to kind of kick off the year. I did a video ask series with that video ask tool all about renewals. I had one of them actually build out her own video ask where then I inputted my videos into that. So that was pretty good for a bit. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of sharing. Here's a templated email. Here's how I would structure it. Here's what I would put in there and why you should do it. A few bullet points as to why. And then quite a few of them have run with it. So which of those strategies, again, this sounds like those experiments work the best for, was it just the email straight up from the realtor is the best? Yep. Straight up email, boring way to do it. I also said to them, go back in your database. We all know most people take a five-year mortgage. Look at who purchased five years ago. Here's a good time to have a follow-up call with them. And maybe you'll get a sale out of it too if they're moving on. So sell me on why I would do this over realtor. I'm curious what you'd say to me. Yeah. So number one is just building a brand. A lot of realtors say they care about clients. Do you actually want to to be one who can actively show that you care about clients throughout the whole duration of their life as a homeowner. This is an easy way to do it. Number two is, you know, go outside of the box of your pumpkin on Halloween, your Christmas card or ornament at Christmas. This is a way that you're personalizing it to that client's life and their finances. And it's a touch point when they're not expecting it. And it creates a conversation that if they are in a situation where they're uncomfortable about renewal, maybe it's time to look for downsize, which if it's a sale and a buy, now I've just created two ends for you that way. So the realtors, you kind of get their mind whirling on this. And realtors are just like us. They're constantly needing to prospect the good ones anyway. So you share a few of those points with them and then they kind of take it from there. Right. Yeah, that's really good. There was one thing you did. Go back to the game within a game thing and you shared it other places. So you're, I'm sure you'd be willing to share. So talk to me about when you decided to sleep on the floor, what that was about and this, yeah. what were the results and how long was that? Because that is a hilarious story. So we just we just shared this on the Commission Breath podcast. I was trying to figure out the exact length of time. It was at least a month. But basically what I needed to do was I needed to generate business and I had to motivate myself. So I took our living room and I pushed the coffee table out of the way. I threw a pillow and a blanket on the ground and I said, 
you know, dad sleeping here until he can generate X amount of business. And Levy is like, you're an idiot. This is so stupid. Why yeah. do you do this stuff? Like, I hate you. You're not healthy. You have something wrong with your head. And I was like, whatever, I'm going to do it. So then like, it sucked. It was cold and it was like not comfortable, but I knew I'm like, Hey, I've committed to this. I told like Tom and our buddy Kyle. So I'm like, I have this, like, it's not just in my house. I have like exterior people who now know I've got to perform now. And every day I wrote down what I was doing. And then I just made sure that list day after day grew. And it was a ton of like four side presentations, which for those outside of bricks is like our realtor presentation, a lot of phone calls, a lot of messages, social media posts, like everything like that. So just how did you, what was the trigger for you to be like, okay, I can get off the floor now. Cause you showed me a picture of it. It was hilarious. You sent me a picture of your, and I was like, I can't believe you're sleeping. Yeah. On the floor. You know, that's commitment, man. Yeah. So it was a volume oversight i had obviously I, this was like i didn't really know enough about mortgages at the time i forgot about the time horizon of like prospecting to result so i was like oh, okay i'll do this for a month and then like i'm gonna hit my goal well we all know that so that can be like you could prospect like crazy you might not get the result for 60 90 120 days right, so it was like okay great i got an approval or now it's gonna fund in 30 or 60 days and so like yeah yeah so it was like that motivated me to get a few quick closes because <laughs> i'm like i gotta keep right. calling until Can you close like, next week i really think you should get this done now so that you <laughs> that's so funny or like calling realtors like give me your hard deal that's not working out like give me a shot and just like pushing through that way so i forget the exact right. time horizon i hit it and then it was like that may i hit like what i had made my previous year farming and i was like holy shit that really worked well so yeah so, so you I, I, in the one month you made what you made farming or just from january yeah yeah because farming you don't really make a lot you don't clear a lot it all goes yeah, back no. into, yeah, it all goes back into the business yeah yeah so right that's awesome man so any any other questions i should have asked you or any other sort of advice you have for people that are like you know maybe struggling right now about prospecting I think we kind of hit the nail on the head for most of them. I think if you're struggling prospecting, pick someone to share with, like pick someone who you're willing to share your numbers with and what you're doing with, and then just compete with them. And if you can't find someone good to compete with, compete with yourself. And that's going to move the needle more than anything. Consistency is going to be better, but consistency with that intensity does really, really push things along. And then don't stop because you're not seeing the result now you're pushing now for 2024 right yeah exactly but again it's not like crazy long term on this it's not like you're going to make calls and likely get paid next week but people know this unless you're a rookie and you're like oh that's not how it works you don't like it's not like we're selling things where people give you a credit card and you can get paid like like alex ramosi style he could use his credit card to run ads to make sales and then pay off his credit card for the end of the month well, in the mortgage business, the don't, do that. don't do that. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Plus, ultimately, we're a relationship business anyway. Like, I think that part of the reason mortgage brokers are so successful is we can get into all these little nooks and crannies of communities and build relationships that bigger institutions can't. So don't play their game. Play your own game. 100%. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks, Matt. Good chat with you. And uh, I always feel inspired from the crazy stuff that you do. So it's awesome. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. Thanks for having me back. 
Man, if you listened to that and you weren't inspired, I was like, man, you gotta pay attention to asks. That's a fantastic game within a game, if you will, in terms of how to focus on the fundamentals so that your business grows. So I'm gonna play for you in a second here a clip from a conversation I had from one of our Game of Phone sessions with Dustin, and he shares how he specifically asks for, he does like a hard ask for business. He's gonna share the hard ask, is like very direct. And then the second one is an ask that he uses for when talking to existing customers. So this is a customer who's got a mortgage funding in the next, you know, 30, 60 days or whatever. How does he ask and remind them? And it's fantastic. And it absolutely works. The thing is, there's something called your reticular activating system, which is part of your brain. So you go out and buy, a, you know, I went and bought a black Dodge Ram as soon as I did, or when I started thinking about it, I noticed them everywhere. It's not like all of a sudden everybody else went out and bought Dodge Rams. It's just that my reticular activating system was lit up for anything to do with a black Dodge Ram. Same thing when somebody's getting a mortgage. If when somebody's getting a mortgage, their reticular activating system is firing on all cylinders and somebody brings up interest rate or mortgage or anything, they're going to be tuned into it. And so you have this window of opportunity for them to be able to refer you if you have asked and planted enough seeds like Brandon does. And so check out this recording that I have of Dustin breaking down how to do the ask. The soft ask, there's a couple of ways. One of them is I just let them know I'm here to help them, their friends and their family, no matter if they're looking to buy a home or get some cash out and lower their payment. Just a reminder type of ask. The other one is the ask I've started to have people on my team do a little bit more is just to the effect of, hey, I know when you're buying a home, you're going to meet other people. All of a sudden, it seems like everyone's buying a home. You start talking to people and I can trust you to send those referrals to me, right? If you end up running into anybody looking to buy a home. And so what do people say when you say that to them? What oh, are yeah. kind of responses? Right. It's uncomfortable for everybody. It's uncomfortable for us to ask. It's uncomfortable for them to hear. So the quick way to say is, oh, yeah. They're not yeah. Big, no, I would never refer you, but please finish my mortgage. Right, exactly. So they're going to say, yeah. And you're going to ask them that every week when you call them to check in every five days. And you have an assistant. Your assistant's going to use the exact same tagline. How is it going with your team using this script? Picked up a couple of deals last week. What is the dollar amounts you think of those deals? I like the dollar Save $400,000 in deals. Say two $200,000 deals. That you literally just found. Yeah, nuts. Okay, so what's the script again that you say? Depending if it's a refi or purchase, but effectively, if you talk to anybody who's blank, whether it's purchasing or refinancing, I can trust you to refer those people over, right? Or refer those people to, right? You're looking for them to say yes, an affirmation yes. to this. And then if it was a purchase, how would you say it? Hey, I know when you're buying a home, it seems like all of a sudden you run into all these people that are also buying homes. Oh, yeah. I talked to my friend last week. Oh, great. Have you talked to them about a lender? Oh, they already had them. Okay, no problem. I can trust you, though. If you run into anybody else, you'll refer them my way, right? Right. Interesting. Uh, That's it. All right. Like so simple, right? But the key, as Brandon already touched on, is the consistency. It's like, how do I consistently ask and important to track it, play the game within a game, and you'll absolutely grow your mortgage business. And even if the market's down, it doesn't matter. And the other thing I would add to this is that if you really want this to work well, challenge a friend or a couple of friends. Say, hey, look, let's do this. Let's create an ask campaign and let's compete head to head for fun. You know, you can play for a steak dinner, whatever you want. But if you do that, you're all going to do more business. The steak dinner or whatever you put on the line is really secondary to making it fun. And so with that in mind, I would encourage you to take this episode, send it to a friend and say, hey, look, let's do this. Let's do an ask competition with each other and over the course of the next four weeks or between now and Christmas and see who can get the most asks in. I guarantee you it will change the trajectory of your business just like it has for Brandon, even if you don't have a large database. So check that out. And thanks again for listening to the show. I will see you on the next episode. 
This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.